0: Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. Today, we have Serena Talbot with us here on the podcast. And I'm wondering, Serena, if you can tell everyone about what you do and who you are and how you help people today. I know that I met you earlier this year and you've uh, transformed not only my life, but many of the other people that I've recommended to you. And so... Um, I've seen the results of what it's been like, but I'm curious what it's been like for you, uh, building a business, you know, how did you get into this? All the things that we can talk about today. So if you don't mind starting us off with a little bit of the beginning, uh, who you are and how did you get here? Yeah. So awesome. Uh, my name is Serena
1: Talbot. I started five years ago. I started the mindset transformation company. Um, and really do what I do with other people because of my experience, um, with the, the, it's a rapid transformational therapy and also has trans, you know, transitioned into coaching. I think all of us have a moment, like we have a moment. There was somebody, I think it was a comedian saying, like, we can, you know, remember the moment everything changed and for a lot of people that is the equivalent of a mental breakdown so for me they're also similar (laughs) like that was a similar experience for me and it was in 2012 when this business that I had been running for five years ended and it was it just really kind of changed everything for me and in that moment a couple things like I had been working really hard and I was of the opinion like if you want something you just work hard and you'll get it and if it's not working you just work harder like this is how life works and so you know rewind five years before that and we my husband and I started this nonprofit we found out there was homelessness in our small little town and we had a couple rental properties and we're like okay well there's homelessness even though this isn't a really big town it was a town of two thousand people and we have a home so this makes sense and you know i think that's the attitude of a business owner as well like we'll figure it out as we go (laughs) what could happen Um, and there's a need and we have this capacity to kind of fill this need and so we started we started a nonprofit profit um, homeless shelter for women we did we had grant writing um, a couple years in we started a thrift store to support it um i spoke around the community we had volunteers we had employees like all these things wearing all these hats and really you know having an impact but for me during that time there was a, there was more going on than just you know, what, what it looked like on the surface. And what was going on for me was that I really had my identity wrapped up in this um, business. Like, if this goes well, I will be good. If this goes well, maybe I will finally feel like I'm good enough. Because that was a part of my past that I never, ever felt good enough. And so no matter what we did or how much money we raised or how many women we helped, it was never enough and so i brought that pressure on and if we did this program we needed a better one and if you know whatever we needed did it needed to be better and everybody felt that um, and in that also it was this this business is going to make me feel good enough so this business needs to be perfect and i need to do whatever it takes to make this business run you know and that's I think that different people have that, right? I think everybody can relate to that. If I just get this, everything will be better. And for some people, that's maybe like, if I just look this certain way, everything will be better. If I just get in this relationship, everything will be better. If I just make this much money, everything will be better. And for me, it was this business. If it just is successful, everything will be better. But I didn't really have a definition of success. So like I said, no matter what I did, it wasn't enough. And It also made me not be able to say no. Like if anything needed to be done, I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna, you know, I answered the phone in the middle of the night and worked all the time. And I did, at the time I had four little kids that I wasn't present with because I was just thinking about this business all the time and kind of just reaching for this carrot that just kept moving, right? It just kept getting out of my my reach. Um, and when my youngest was two days old, there was a volunteer an employee that didn't show up, so I showed up. And that was, that was how I ran. I just thought, okay, I'm going to keep working harder and harder and harder. And if we got a big donation, I was like, yay, and celebrated for like five minutes. And then it was back to work. And I wasn't appreciating what I was creating. I wasn't appreciating the people around me. I wasn't appreciating anything. because I was just had this crazy drive. And so after doing that for five years and not resting and not stopping, my body did what our bodies do. (laughs) And it just was like, uh, I'm done. Like, I'm out. And I had nothing left to give. Like, it didn't matter how much I wanted to work harder. Like, I could not. I was starting to get an ulcer. My kids hated my phone. You know, and I was just super anxious and I was a mess. And I finally had to say, uncle, you know, I think some people maybe do it quicker, but not me. (laughs) I was kind of like a, you know, like a pit bull, just like chewing on this thing. Like I wasn't going to let it go. And so it, it had to fall apart and it, and it really did. And I remember, you know, calling up the board members and being like, I can't keep going. And I was hoping someone would just come in and like, Run the thing, but I wouldn't let anybody, right? I wouldn't take, you know, take my hands off enough to actually let people come in and help. Um, and so there were there was a, one family in the home, and I drove them to a different homeless shelter. We closed, and then I went home and cried a lot. Um, and it felt like I lost this, this, this shred of hope, like, if I just do this, I'm going to feel good about myself. And then it, it kind of felt like, you know, if my world and my life was like a term paper or a test or something, it just felt like official now, like a big F, like I am a failure. This thing I had been like running from and and trying to solve or whatever felt official. Like I'm a failure. This didn't work. I'm, it's true. You know, I thought I wasn't worth anything. and I'm really not, and really in that place was finally ready like i said to say uncle and finally ready to like be open to a different way of operating um like okay my way hasn't worked very well (laughs) so maybe maybe there's a different way of doing things and also i was open to help and i remember i went to Therapy because I'm like okay well I don't know how to do things, um, and I need I'm broken I need to be fixed you know so let's get her done let's go and I the first time I went to a therapist her name was Kathy and I literally went in and had this conversation I said I'm really frustrated I'm really angry I really hate a couple of people, uh, and I have no peace. Do you have a pill for that? Like, can you like hook me up Uh, and or homework? Like, I'm really good. Give me homework. Like, let's get this taken care of. And also, I understand, like people say, if you want to have peace, you have to like look at your past. And I can we like not do that? Can we just start from here forward? Like, let's let's just I think I've got that pretty buttoned up. Let's not look at that. And she laughed at me. This is true. Like, this is how that day went. She laughed at me. And I was like, I just had this understanding, like, okay, if I'm going to have peace, I'm going to have to look at my past. And so as, you know, as I was talking about, like, being so driven, like it was never good enough, like, that was in me. There was this constant feeling coming up in me of, like, not feeling good enough. And, and we were also dealing with women who had trauma right and and so that would come up and I would just shove it all down and I really thought like that's in the past like I don't have time for that I don't want to look at that um, but in this moment you know with Kathy going okay well I guess I need to look at that uh, in order to move forward And and that was really a huge you know awareness and a huge moment and something I really didn't want to do I thought, okay, like I have no choice. I'm willing to do that. And so I began with Kathy and other therapists and books and programs because I very much am like, okay, if we're going to do something, let's just get it done. And what happened over the next few years was I got this like understanding of my timeline, like my history that would make me so driven that I was willing to like kill my body. And my relationships and my health to get this you know identity from this business and and a big part of that was that my dad was abusive to me Um, he was an alcoholic one of my first memories was him um, throwing my mom down the stairs and and so i began to talk about that stuff which i you know didn't think was important and find out oh that is important um and and him abusing me, you know, causing me to feel like, you know, I'm worthless. Because when things happen to kids, kids don't go, oh, dad's messed up. Or, oh, mom and dad are having problems. They go, I'm bad. And then, you know, my mom was amazing. And she left him when I was six. And then we just grew up really poor and got made fun of. And you know, didn't always have, you know, we got the day-old bread and didn't always have, clothes that fit or hot water and things like that and also that feeling like I'm not enough like I'm not as good as everybody else and then finally you know and other things happen too but this timeline began to be apparent and then the, you know and then the business closing and I understood why I behaved the way I did and I was like that's awesome but I actually want to change. <laughs> like, it's great to understand why I'm behaving this way. But I actually just want to be different. And I'm so grateful in that process. I'm a, I'm a learner and just absorb information. And, you know, was reading books and listening to podcasts and listening to anything, like YouTube videos, anything I could find. And I bumped into the idea of neuroplasticity, that our brains can change. New science. Right, It's new in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of psychology and physiology and stuff. Um, and that was amazing to me, like our brains can change and around the same time, in learning about that, learning how they do and, and coming across rapid transformational therapy and, and hypnotherapy as a way that facilitates our actual neural pathways to change quickly and effectively and so this idea that there was a possibility that not only you know could I have an understanding why I behaved a certain way but that I could actually change it was really powerful and so I um, got introduced to a friend of a friend who actually did rapid transformational therapy and had a Profound experience, you know, like you had mentioned, Jamie, you know, that, that you've had with this, you know, technique and method of being able to. So, what happens, the reason why the past messes with us is because it's like it gets stuck, you know, on our timeline. Like I say, like there's a hook in it. So, even though, you know, my dad had done that, you know, 20 years ago or, you know, 30 years ago, it didn't matter. Like, time doesn't matter in your brain that feeling that I'm not good enough stayed. It stayed on the timeline. And then growing up the way I grew up and, you know, those different experiences and then failing at this business, like it didn't matter if it was five years old, 10 years old or 20 years old. Those feelings and those neural pathways were still there. They were still firing every day. And with being able to change them in hypnosis, they stopped right they actually stopped and it wasn't instant but over the next you know 4 weeks i the way i was thinking changed and i didn't even know you know now i would diagnose it as like high functioning anxiety <laughs> like when you beat yourself up in your head all day long like that's how i operated and i didn't even know until i stopped like through that process with you know working with the woman, um, her name is Christy, who helped me with rapid transformational therapy, and you get a recording to listen to that helps change how you're thinking. And it was about three weeks in, and I had this moment where I was like appreciating myself and loving myself, and I remember just crying because like that had never ever ever been something that I did. I hated myself for many 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 years. Um, And people around me noticed, like within two weeks, people around me noticed. And I, that heaviness and that fear just wasn't there. And I was like, this is huge. This is something, like something happened here. And I'm, you know, very much, I love the science of everything too, and understanding neuroplasticity and, you know, what's going on. And when you're in hypnosis, which is rapid transformational therapy operates in that, you're in an alpha brainwave state, and you can, you know, change how you're thinking. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And so I was also at a place in my life where my kids were older and I had you know time. And so I went and got, you know, certified in this method. And then that's what I do with people now. And I see it, you know, it's not a cure-all and it's not, you know, perfect for everyone, but when when someone's in that same space of, like, I need things to change, and they have an awareness of, like, why they've been doing stuff, but they actually want to be different, and it is, you know, it lines up, it's just incredible. It's incredible how we can change how our brains are operating and take away these things that get stuck, you know, when they're 10 years old, or they're 5 years old, or they're 30 years old and actually release them and actually help you think the way that you want to and behave the way you want to moving forward. Um, So that's what I get to do with people today, and I
0: love it. That is amazing, Serena. And what is coming up for me is I was recently at an event where there was a therapist where her practice is booked out, and there were perfectionists in the room, kind of like you said, that high-performing anxiety-based um perfectionist business owner and the room was packed. I mean it was a small room, but it was packed, standing room only. And what she was suggesting was that there were these, there are these beliefs from the past that are holding you back. But then at the end, there wasn't really a solution given. And so people were like curious. They're like, so how do I fix this? Do I just need to book time with you? And she was like, oh well I'm booked up. She's like and actually I don't even enjoy taking on clients. And so kind of speaking to what you were talking about before, where you had done a lot of therapy, you had read a lot of books, but then, I mean, even if there's this awareness that we there's something wrong, how many things out there are actually saying, and I can help you get past that. I can help you rewire that because what I felt in that room, and I know because I've experienced it. I've experienced you know, my brain being rewired. And like you said, it's not so much that you notice for myself. It's not so much that I notice, um, that something new is in my life. It's more that there's something that isn't there, but it's so, it's so subtle. You know, I just, I don't react the way I used to react. I can respond. And, um, it's just wanting to get that message out there for people to realize that not only is your brain reacting from this, But also, it can be rewired. (laughs) Like that is possible. We can change our DNA. We can change our thought process. We can change. And so um, that, sorry, that's what was coming up. When no, it's huge, and I think
1: it's, I think it's a matter of old science and new science. So I really think of it in my brain like 300 years ago, and I, I, I think that's about accurate. Like if you broke your leg, you just would have to limp. Like, they didn't have the cast and ability to set it. I know they've been setting bones for a, for a long time, but it wasn't, like, universal. Where now, if you have a room of 100 people and you say, who broke a bone when they were little, you know, half at least would raise their hand and they broke a bone and then it healed and it was no big deal. Because science and x-rays made that possible, right? And before x-rays, that wasn't as possible. And so what's happened with our brains is it's only been like 25 to 30 years that we had the ability to look at what's going on inside inside our brains right so science for our brains is a lot slower to catch up than science for our physical you know arms and legs and toes and stuff and psychology and therapy i love i have a lot of friends you know that that do that and operate it as a necessary place but it is also 100 years old and it hasn't as much caught up to new scientific instruments that can study how our brains work right and so in some ways it is like you know well you you got an injury and now you have to limp right and so it it can be similar to that in talking about in a traditional therapy setting if the person doesn't have this knowledge of how to Change things. It's saying, well, okay, well, here's how you got the limp, and here's what the limp looks like, and here's how it affects your life, and here's how you, you know, you're maybe not able to operate as, as easily as a normal person. That's all great, but don't we just really want to fix, the limp? (laughs) And so that's, you know, that's the difference. And it's really exciting to me because rapid transformational therapy is one way of doing that, and people are finding lots of ways to do that. I think some are more you know, controversial than others, but psychedelics, you know, is something that puts you also in that alpha brainwave state. Meditation can do it. People are doing breath work. You know, all of these different things. Um, and it's just really exciting. And and that's the thing that I'm really excited to share with people is that it can change. And don't quit. Don't just think you have to walk limp the rest of your life. Like, things can change. Um, and yeah, to be in a position, the other the other old science is that you would just have to repeat something day after day for years and years, you know, in order to change a belief. And when you work with your conscious, that is like it just has to take forever of repeating and training. Um, but for traumas, like bigger traumas, that that didn't work so well. So that was viewed as something where you're just going to have to limp, you know, the rest of your life. But now we know that we can even you know, bigger traumas can change. So yeah,
0: it's exciting. Do you ever run into opposition or um I'm not sure exactly what the word would be besides that, from different communities like the Christian community? Because I know for myself, um, Kevin even had the belief, you know, change is too hard. And I'm like, Well, but Jesus teaches that transformation is possible. Like what? What? <laughs> And yeah. So, so I feel yeah. like the two merge together this idea of of being able to change our thought process, but yet something it's like it's scary. It
1: is, and I think traditionally like faith communities have had a resistance to change that I think has maybe been you know helpful to to kind of maintain. So I did I I thought about this a lot because I also, you know, came from Christian belief and background. And when I first bumped into so I first bumped into hypnotherapy or hypnosis in high school, there was a hypnotist for the high school graduation party. And I would, I sat in the back of the room and I would not make eye contact. I was like, I'm not looking at that guy. <laughs> like that scared me. Those Plus I was like,
0: like completely unexpected. Yeah.
1: yeah. And when you have trauma, you're like, I'm not letting anybody control me or do anything to me. Like I was always like vigilant and like aware of who was in the room and like keeping myself safe right? Yeah. Because, and and to me, that was like, not cool. And, and so it was this, un, it, so it's a different understanding of like, what hypnosis is. And for me, the alpha brainwave state really helps you have your conscious and your subconscious. Conscious is beta. Subconscious is alpha. We operate in beta, you know, most of the time, but our beliefs are in alpha. And so it was um, understanding that that to me was like, okay, cool. I can get my mind around that. Like God made different brainwave states. Like this makes sense to me. And kids live in the alpha growing up. They call it the hypnagogic state until age 10. And so they're being programmed. It's where you're more suggestible. It's where like I learned as a little girl, I'm bad. And I didn't argue with it because we move into the beta and the conscious between 10 and 12, right? Where then we can reflect and go, hey, you know, my dad was not... Kind, but the but the beliefs are set. So, um, I I worked to filter all of this through, like, okay, is this God? Is this good? Is this you know? Is this okay? Until I got to a place of peace because I I reconciled it, you know, with science. But as a whole, it, it's so. I hope I hope this makes sense, and I don't go you know off on a tangent. But like anesthesiology came into practice I think in the late 1800s. It was a dentist. and he's like, "I found this thing, right It's from a plant that God made that will help numb the pain when people have dental work done, which you know I can't imagine you know the pain that people were in during dental work before then. And he's like, "I found this and it's a way to help people um, not experience pain during surgery. And the church was a place that they got opposition because it was this idea, well, God and God wanted us to be in pain, and it's natural, and you, you're messing with a natural process, right? And so there was opposition there because it was new and different and the potential for maybe not being in control of your thoughts. Now you'd be hard-pressed to find any Christian that won't have anesthesia. It's not a big deal. And to me, it's a similar process. It was also, again, I hope I'm not off on a tangent, but, um, Um, the guy who in Copernicus found out the earth revolved around the sun. So here's a guy studying God's universe, finds out how God works, right? The earth revolves around the sun, but he can't tell the church because the church believed everything in the universe revolved around us and the earth. And that was how God made it. So here's a guy just going about his business, finding this awesome, you know, discovery about how God made the universe and couldn't share it because the church was going to kill him. That's extreme, but I feel that way a lot with new information, like meditation. You know, there's just a ton of science saying it's really good, and David, like, I meditate on your word all day long, but if you're going to get a group of Christians to meditate, they're going to be scared, right? So to me, it's the same, and I do not, I am not on a mission to get Christians to do hypnotherapy, I find I bump into the people who are open, and I will help them understand, like, yeah, it's fine. There's an article in Christianity Today talking about hypnotherapy and how it's good, and, you know, so I share that with people, like, like, okay, the powers that be have sanctioned this, it's okay, but really it's a level of comfortability, because I also have people that aren't Christian, and it's nothing to do with Christianity, and they're like, hell no, like, I'm not doing that, <laughs> So this is a you know I use the word weird like it's a different thing and I'm very aware of that and like if it's not up you know your alley like that's totally fine Um, and so I'm never I'm never really in a position to convince people other than just explaining like the science behind it and you know my belief and my experience with it and so I definitely think there are different communities for sure you know different sections of the business community who are like you know, won't touch somebody like me with a 10 foot pole. And that's okay too.
0: That's funny too, because I was actually just thinking about how so many business owners are the people that I'm like, Hey, if you want to get help from some of this stuff, because some of the issues in your business are not actually business issues. It's something from childhood. We got to go back a little bit and clear out that subconscious level you know, so that you can move forward. And the beliefs, like you said, when you were running your nonprofit, where it was like, I just need to work harder versus like, why do I want to keep that belief? What, you know, or I'm not good enough. Well, why do I want to keep that belief? You know, there's different things about it. And I remember even after, um, my appointment with you and my husband just being like, wow, you have so much courage, you know? And I was like, what? I didn't realize that I was, but there's something about the word because it's connected, like you said, to that person that I saw when I was in high school that made everybody do things that, you know, we wouldn't normally do, but what other word would you use for it, right? Like you said, these different brainwaves, you know, being able to access them, even if we use different words, it's still not going to make people more comfortable because um, it's new, it's new information that we didn't have access to before. And it's not like we can take old words and make them make more sense. (laughs) There's just,
1: well, and I, and I think that, you know, I think there's a level of integrity of like,
0: if
1: if you know, you're going to come into this session with me and it's going to be different and it's going to be deep and we're going to be looking at your childhood and we're going to be, looking at it in a way that's not reliving anything or whatever, but understanding like, okay, what's stuck? Like, what's the thing I'm that isn't actually in my childhood that's knocking on my door every single day? I mean, that's how it was operating in that business that I yeah. ran for five years. Like, I'm like, oh, that's in the past. Well, no, it was every day. Every time I interacted with a very strong personality, I was, I was triggered, you know, I was like emotionally reactive. You know, like you said, we react. You would get, I would get angry, and really not know why. Right? That's how it's affecting our businesses. It's making us not be able to make the wise decisions and have the responses that we want. So it's not really in the past. You know, mm, so that's good. That's a good point um, again. Yeah, yeah. But if you, but if I was to be like, oh, we're just gonna have this little session, and then you'd be like, what just right. happened? Right? right. So there is this idea, and I do think it takes courage. I've had you know i i think it takes courage mm-hmm. and um and whatever it is that you do and and this can be there there are traditional therapy where you're looking at your past and there's you know different you know exercises and things if healing does take courage
0: yeah i love that because even for myself when i'll run into new belief issues you know like at different levels of business or at different stages or depending on what we're working on and even though i know this stuff sometimes i'm like I don't want to work on this. And they're like, why do you want to keep that? You know, now that you, our friends, our conversations have changed, you know, I can't even complain about something because they're like, why is that serving you? Why do you want to keep that? <laughs> like,
1: it's so funny because I do this work all the time with people too. And my also, I think there was, there's a, there's a, there's a misconception that I'm going to do all this work. I'm going to do it really hard. I'm going to do it really fast. I don't know if you had this, Jamie, and then I'll be done. Oh yeah. I'd love for that option. But we're humans, which is super annoying. And like, it's not, you know, it's not going to be done. But the deep work, like the initial deep work for me is done. Like I'm not rehashing that. I'm not doing that over and over, but we grow. We have bigger capacity to work with other people to handle more abundance and, you know, bigger responsibility. Right. And so we're always growing. Um, And... But my first reaction whenever I bump into a belief is I'm always pissed, like, <laughs> I know, I know. and I do this all the time. And I'm like, "There's another thing," and it's really interesting. I've been there's a there's a um, spiral of healing, right? And it shows like if you imagine a cone, when we when we're stuck in something, when we first start healing, we're just spinning around and around and around, and we're we're bumping into this belief constantly, and it's messing with our lives and it's hurting us. And then, as we grow, the spiral, the 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 diameter of the spiral grows apart. So now you'll bump into something, Maybe it's once every three months, and then maybe it's once a year, and then maybe it's just once every time you're doing something really big in your career, really big in your business. And it's it's the same thing. Like for me, it's always that you know I don't belong or I'm not good enough, right? Um, and for different people, it might be an addiction or it might be different things. Whatever your tendency. But you grow so much that the amount of time you bump into it, excuse me, is less and less. But to know that that's just going to be part of the part of life is helpful because I've always just wanted some kind of magical
0: formula to make me perfect.
1: Like if there was, I would do it,
0: and I'd let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be great. I'd definitely be there too. But going back to what you said, um, something about the the nonprofit that you were in and like the meaning that you were giving it not working was really connecting for me because there was a moment and I had been, you know, working harder, like trying to figure it out. So when I was 18, I was asked if I would run they were going to, my family was going to open another business. My dad is a serial entrepreneur. And so they needed a person to run this new business that they were going to open. And they had no experience in this industry. So it really didn't matter who it was. It could be anyone. And so I was 18 and they asked if I wanted to run a furniture store. And I thought, no. And I said, yes, but I was just interested in any business. It really didn't matter which one. So here I am, you know, and the beginning was really, really good. Um, but there were a lot of things that were not set up right. And so that didn't last, it did, you know, and so then the gut it started happening and I kept trying to figure out what was I doing wrong, read all the marketing books in the basement of the library. This was, you know, over 20 years ago. Yes. I did not have the internet like we do today. Right. And, um, you know, trying to figure it all out. And I just spent so much time trying to figure out and beating myself up for everything that I was doing wrong, instead of acknowledging what I was doing right. Like technically I had over a six figure business within a very short period of time. And today I look back and I'm like, what? I was like doing so many things right. But I just kept beating myself up because I wasn't as good as my parents were in business, or I wasn't as good as other people in business, or it didn't, you know, it didn't feel like that. I wasn't celebrating the wins. And when I think about the work that you and I did together, it was like it wasn't safe to shine, right? So it didn't even matter how good I was doing. If it's not safe to shine, I can't even reflect on, you know, how is this inspiring other people? How is this, you know, encouraging other people? And so it got to the point that actually um, I was then moved into other businesses and this became just one of the side businesses. And so I did not focus on it. And then my dad was going to be going out of the country, and he said, I might not be back, you know, just kind of flippantly, like, hopefully I like it so much over there, I might not be back. And my immediate thought was, what happens, what would happen if he died? Like, what would I do? And I was like, I would shut Furniture Studio down. Like, that moment, I had not ever acknowledged prior to him, prior to the thought of you know, maybe he wouldn't come back. And I was like, whoa, what's the reason I wouldn't do that today if that's what I would do if he wasn't here? And I realized that I didn't want to be seen as a failure in business. So it didn't matter if the business was failing in different ways. It didn't matter. you know, It was both sides. It was like one, I couldn't celebrate the wins. And on the flip side, if someone else wasn't around, then I was willing to To acknowledge the truth and then just kind of, and this was at a point where I had worked through a lot of stuff. Obviously, this was when I was, you know, on Mm -hmm. that healing journey where I had started to be, you know, willing to acknowledge reality. Um, but so much of those feelings and the things that I wasn't even aware of were running the business. Like, oh,
1: yeah, I just want to go back and do it over. No, (laughs) so much. I mean, there's so many things, like, there's uh, there's um this book, the five regrets of the dying and the number one regret of the dying is I wish I didn't care so much what other people thought. And so that's the thing when we're talking about beliefs and they're set before age 10, what are we doing? We're completely dependent on other people's opinions of us, right? Whether it is a teacher or a coach or especially our parents. And so healing is, is releasing ourselves from that. I mean, that was for me too, like When I would sit and get quiet and pray, it would be like, it's all good, let go. And I was like, I'm never letting go. Just so you know, like, that's not an option because that was, that was, so when we're talking about the ability to make a wise decision and react and respond instead of react, this is it. This is what it looks like. Like everything in me knows the wise decision right now, knows what I should do, knows what God's leading me or my intuition is leading me to do, but I can't do it because of this past belief of what do they think? or I'm bad or they're all going to hate me or whatever it is. This is what we're untangling, right? This is the work that needs to be done. And it's so interesting that you said that because in my brain, you know, the the organization was called Naomi House and it was like always needed to be bigger, better, and like when it failed, I just pictured the whole community disappointed in me, right? And there was a pastor that So we closed july 2012 and i think they had donated in february or march um like a thousand dollars a local church and i went when we were closing i went to everyone who had donated and i'm like hey we're closing we can give you back your money and they're like no that's you know totally fine it's been a few months if you need it to close up um and he didn't and so years later i went back to this man and um I bumped into him and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm so sorry that it didn't work and you had you had put your you had given us money and put your trust in us and I failed. And he looked at me and he said, You didn't fail. You opened a homeless shelter in our town. And that was a really healing moment for me to be like, Oh yeah. Like you for you, Jamie, you ran this furniture store, no, like, no. but we can't see that, right? Healing is being able to see like yeah. who you really are. Look at ourselves the way other people see us in this. People see that we're like amazing or wonderful or doing a good job, but we can't see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I ran a furniture store without having any experience <laughs> right. in furniture sales, retail design, right. nothing, nada. I right. was hiring people at 18 and, um, and then eventually created this twilight tour in my mom's name where it was a parade of homes for older homes. Like it didn't have to be a new home, you know, like the parade of homes today is all about the builder and the new homes and the new stuff. It was like, there's so many people putting money into these older homes. And so created this twilight tour and women loved it. And they, like, I had so, so many women mad at me the first year. Cause they were like, I didn't know it was going to be this good. And so I didn't invite my friends <laughs> and they They were mad at me. for, But the word that came up after I started doing some of this work was inspiring. And I remember this is actually um, Mark Gunger created or was part of this um, flag page personality assessment. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. Did you? No way. That's awesome. And he has a book with like all the words, like what are the top five words on your flag page? You know, like if what's important to you. And I remember I was just kind of doing some deep searching on like, who am I? And starting to understand about core values. And so I was grabbing this book and I was looking at each word and I was like, which one do I want to pick, you know, to be on my flag? And I remember hitting the word inspiring and feeling like I couldn't put it on my page. And I was, and then I went back and I was like, Why not? What is, what is coming up for me here? Um, and my thought was, my thought was that, um, it would be like too much pride or ego if I was someone that was inspiring or if I thought of myself as someone that was inspiring And I didn't realize that this is, you know, a gift for people. Like, there are some people that, you know, and even as leaders, like, we're meant to inspire. And then there was this awareness of people that I was inspired by were actually humble people. Mm -hmm. And so I recognized something was in conflict. (laughs) Like, how come I'm inspired by people that are humble, but if I was to be inspiring, I would not be humble. (laughs) So again going back to the stuff that we worked on together where it's like it's not safe to shine okay similar words right like what's coming up here why wow.
1: it's so powerful because there's a, there's a bunch of stuff like our human psychology we have like a negativity bias that's kept you hear about this if you're in this world you hear this all the time like cavemen kept safe because they were looking for a saber-toothed tiger not because they were enjoying the sunset and the scenery right that would have been dumb so we have this like there's a human our our subconscious is is bent to keep us safe by looking for danger right that's super smart like if something's on fire your mind's going to focus on that instead of a beautiful sunset it's that's helpful right so you understand that but then also the thing that happens when we're little is you shine you get yelled at you you show up and maybe tell the truth you get in trouble and so we are learning this way of operating that is not really true or really helpful but when we were little it was super helpful to stay quiet it was super helpful to hide if you're in any kind of a dangerous situation when you're little or even in school right you're too tall you're too smart you're going to be made fun of or it's like we learn survival techniques to fit in when we're little whether it's to a dysfunctional family or school or whatever and most of it is stay small, stop shining, hide. Then we start a business. The whole point of the business is show up and shine and tell people what you're doing in the world. And most of us haven't had that conditioning, so we instantly find the conflict, and that's the work that needs to be done, and that's the truth. The other piece is we think, if I beat myself up, that's going to motivate me to success. right? But that's, that doesn't work ever at all. You know, there's a lot of new neuroscience that encouraging ourselves, seeing ourselves for who we really are, appreciating ourselves, obviously, and other people, too. It's not pride. You know, it's actually more prideful to be so in your head and self-centered, quote-unquote, that you can't do anything because you're terrified of what everybody's going to think. That keeps you stuck inside than to show up and shine and serve people. Right. So we have to also untangle all that stuff.
0: That is so powerful. And it's the difference. It explains and defines the difference between how I feel today Mm -hmm. in my daily life versus how I felt eight years ago when I was just on this rat race and I didn't understand why I couldn't get off the hamster wheel and, and why you know, I continue to experience similar things in my life. I was so frustrated. I was blaming others, like all the words and the the level of vibration of my body was not in a good place. And then to be like in this place of peace and connection and coming from love and being able to say the truth in love and being able to step out, you know, like we're fearfully and wonderfully made and be bold. And like, that is the opposite of where I was coming from in my belief systems. It's just, and it feels so much better. I'm like, I'm not going back. If it, yeah. if it, I'm not going back. It's a powerful, and it, I think
1: it's a really important thing to wrestle with this idea of like what's pride, what's ego, and especially in Christian communities, like what's my flesh and what's God and what does God want me to do? And like over and over and over, if you're any kind of believer, it's like God loves me and wants me to shine and I'm more than a conqueror and I have the mind of Christ and I'm and God's instrument or, you know, arm's vessel to do these wonderful things. And then we have to, like, we have to reconcile that to like, how will I operate if I am doing everything and being everything that God is calling me to be, guess what? you are going to shine.
0: I love that. And that makes me think of a conference that I was just at where women were being encouraged to follow where God was calling them. And it was like, we were able to have conversations of like, But is that you being fearful? Like, is he actually calling you to do this now? And they're like, oh, you're right. You know, like, it's so much more fun to be in a room where people are energized about what they could create and what he's asking us to create. And so I am like inspired to be around, you know, as many people as possible that are willing to do this work because the conversations shift there's no longer this venting about, you know, the relationships that aren't going well. I mean, like I said, I try occasionally and my friend group is like, do you want to, you know, do you want to take care of that? <laughs> so I love the new conversations that happen when we start to even, you know, shift our brain, shift our thinking.
1: Yeah.
0: Is there yeah. anything else that you want to leave listeners with and express? Um,
1: well, I think I hope, This conversation has has helped people have hope because I know for me in that space between finding out everything that was wrong with me and like why I was limping and like kind of there was, I don't know if it was about a year or six months of like, oh my God, maybe I just have to live the rest of my life this way. Maybe this is just my sentence. Like people who grew up like me, you know, there's a, there's a test. It's called the ACE test to kind of rate your trauma and mine's high. Um, and according to that, I should have all of these issues and I should be an addict and probably in prison and probably dead and all this kind of stuff. And that's the truth about the things I experienced when I was little. And the, the, the hope of my conversation is to give you hope. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't have to define you. You don't have to keep, you know, limping, quote unquote, the rest of your life. Your brain can change. The way you operate can change you know, there's there's what I do, but there's also a you know, I believe we are we are put in the path of people with the tools and the expertise to help us on that. So that's my main thing is like don't give up hope no matter what things have been happening to you or how hard you have been working, you know, so far to change them because you maybe just haven't been working at the root of the issue which is in your
0: subconscious
1: and we can always change. So that's my
0: main you know, thing. I love that. Hope and courage. <laughs> it takes courage to work with <laughs> Hypno and uh, provides hope. So when you think about the work that you're continuing to do in this next year and just even in future years, is it clear what your calling is and where you're, you know, being asked to kind of step out into areas or spaces where you're, where you're feeling challenged?
1: Yeah. Um, One thing that was a goal on 2022 was to speak more. So I've been speaking more, right? And there's always, there's, it's so interesting you talk about fear, because I think when we're following God, and we're following our intuition, we're following our calling, we can be slammed right into fear, right? And fear doesn't mean stop, or there's something wrong, or I'm doing anything wrong. It's this, this opportunity that means I'm growing means that I've maybe come to the edge of like what I know and I'm moving into the unknown um so speaking was that for me this year and interestingly for me always being asked to slow down is scary because I do I would just rather you give me this long to-do list than slow down and so that's something that I'm being asked to do and leaning into it doesn't mean not be productive and it doesn't mean I don't accomplish things or accomplish goals or or put those take those off the table they're still there but how can I do it in this slower way and I think more natural way like I've been paying attention to how nature operates more like it's like It just operates different than this linear, like step one, two, three, four, like nature can be slow and then just explode and getting in tune with that. So that might not make sense.
0: Oh my goodness. There's so many things that come up with that. It's just amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And, and for me, this whole year has been about slowing down and it has challenged so many belief systems. Like if we wanted to do the hard work as fast as possible, slow down for me was, like how do you work, work yeah. through as many issues as, as you can in a short period of time? And, um, definitely love what you're pointing out about nature because there are so many examples of things where, when, like it doesn't, it might not seem like something is happening and then all of a sudden there's growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I'm being, that's kind of, you know, where I am. And in that, you know, Obviously, like business goals are reach more people, you know, have more abundance, have more, you know, travel and freedom and stuff like that, but doing it in this different way. And I'm not sure what exactly that looks like.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's the other cool thing is recognizing that as business owners, if we feel like we have to know what that looks like, then we're limiting the possibilities, right? Instead of saying, "How am I going to do that?" It's like, "Well, who's going to help me do that?" <laughs> I don't and know how, but it's I'm so get fascinating.
1: There. Yeah, when you're talking about meaning, right? Our brains are like meaning making, and we have a lot of we have a lot of patterns and meaning and understanding of work is hard, work is all the time, work trumps everything in your life. And so I think a lot of people right now are being invited to a new meaning of work and fulfillment and abundance, like not slow it down and lower your standards and expectations and be poor, but like, how do we, what does this look like, this new meaning and this new way of operating? Like I'm pretty, for me on, you know, my personality is always like global. So I'm always like seeing things like global, maybe to a fault sometimes, but that's kind of what I see is like figuring out a new way of operating.
0: I am so excited about everything that we've discussed to be able to just kind of open up, you know, the minds of anyone that is not aware of this happening or this option. And I love the idea of global. And I would, (laughs) I would guess,
1: you know, as people are listening, a lot of it, they're like, yeah, totally. I've been feeling Mm -hmm. that, but not maybe known what to do with it or have a conversation about it. Yeah.
0: Right. No, there's a huge shift happening in levels of awareness. And there's just a shift in thinking that happens, a shift in awareness, a shift in, you know, what we're attracted to without um, anybody needing to, you know, put a bunch of billboards out there. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited about this shift that's happening and want want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me and, you know, inviting this conversation. I love it so much.